There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Well, thank you for tuning in this Monday to the podcast. We certainly are thankful for the Word of God. Thank you for the house of God yesterday. We were at the home church there in Blaine, Pennsylvania. What a joy it was for us to be in the house of God, assemble with the believers and assemble with the like-minded congregation under the Word of God. And what a blessing that is. Hear the testimonies of the saints and hear what God has done and what God is still doing in the church and how we thank the Lord for that. Thank for each of you to pray for us. Thank you for praying for the podcast. I know last week we started off preaching and ended up using a recording the rest of the week. Part of that, again, is my throat. And the issue I'm having is still continuing and I just when I thought it was getting better, I kind of digressed. And so today, as we record this for the next couple of days, Lord willing, we'll be able to record this week. So just pray for us. We got a bit of a break before we head down south. We won't be down to North Carolina until the fourth of December. And we're looking forward to Thanksgiving. This is, of course, the week of Thanksgiving. And uh, we may just time it perfectly with the Psalms uh, to be talking about Thanksgiving on Thursday. And so those of you gather around your family table and they gathered around together. I might be able to listen to the preaching on Thanksgiving. And it's always good to give thanks unto the Lord. What a blessing it is that we can give thanks, that we can thank the Lord for his wonderful works to the goodness of men. We're in Psalm 112. We begin reading in Psalm 112. He says, Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Now to touch on that, we need to go to Proverbs chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, he deals with that fear of the Lord. He deals with the understanding of the man that feareth the Lord. And he says in Proverbs 1, in verse 7, the fear for the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then he goes on in Proverbs 1. He touches on many of these things in, in the next several Proverbs. But one, he starts off in verse 2 to know wisdom and instruction. We must know wisdom, we must know instruction, but to know them, we must receive them. And then he says, receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, and judgment, and equity. Why is that? To give subtlety to the simple, to the young man, knowledge, and discretion. And then he says, a wise man will hear and will increase learning. Now, we can't equate that to education. We equate that to instruction. And therefore, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so we can't even begin to know knowledge until we fear the Lord. And as men that claim they have great knowledge, things of this world and the things of science and the things of the arts and the things of, that a genius mind can conjure up, yet they don't have the fear of the Lord. So they do not even have the beginning of knowledge. But then he adds to that when he says, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so he says in verse 19, and we'll use this later on here in the podcast, either today or tomorrow, in verse 19, so are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain 
which taketh away the life of the owners thereof. And that's where we are today. They don't care about men's lives. They're greedy of gain. The rich today really don't care about the lives of the impoverished. It's just kind of a blight on society. No real concern about them. And so, again, he addresses these things in Scripture. But we're talking now in Psalm 112, the man that feareth the Lord delighteth greatly in his commandments. In Proverbs 2 and 1, he says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words, that's being ready to hear, that's a wise man. He said, And hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart to understanding. And that's important to understand that, because we just talked about that in Psalm 111 the other day, about applying the heart, giving our whole heart to the Lord in praise and in worship and adoration. But here he challenges the young man to incline his ear unto wisdom, apply thine heart to understanding. And so it's taking the things we hear and then applying them to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifted up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searchest for her as uh, for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And so the knowledge of God is found by those seeking him, by those searching him. And so they have to seek the fear of the Lord. They have to believe God, and then they have to act upon those things. Why? Because wisdom is the principal thing. That's Proverbs 4, 7. Therefore, in all thy getting, get wisdom. And so we see the fear of the Lord is the beginning of this wisdom. To fear God, to keep his commandments, that's the summary of the whole matter. There's nothing else needs said. That fear of the Lord, and by the way, that fear is part reverence, it's part trembling, it's part, uh, I don't want to use the term scare because that's not really a biblical understanding of that, but it really is when we just get to the place that we're actually scared because our life is in God's hands and we fear and we tremble and we understand and we reverence God and we see him in the light of holiness and we realize that we are in his hand. He can do with us as he pleases to do. That will begin the fear of the Lord. Those of us say, by the grace of God, it continues when we consider our own being, our own ways, and we say, you know, maybe I'll divert this way, or maybe I'll divert this way, and and we lose sight of that fear of the Lord, and then that fear of the Lord returns unto us, our understanding is open, and we realize, oh my goodness, what have I done? I'm a child of God, I'm in God's hands, and as that child that sits at home awaiting his father's return, he's painted the house, and he's destroyed the home, or he's broken the window on purpose, or he's put cayenne pepper in his little sister's oatmeal, whatever the case is, and he's sitting there waiting the return of his father with fear and with trembling. Why? He knows the terror of his father. So it is with us. Because we do know the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. That's that strong admonition. We persuade them, fear God, keep his commandments, and so the psalmist said, praise you, the Lord, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. You see, his commandments are not grievous to us. His commandments are a joy to us. His commandments ought to bring us great joy. His commandments are for our safety, for our protection, and more than anything else to keep us from sin. That's why he gave us those commandments. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. That's the man that feareth the Lord. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Now, who was upright? Job was upright. There are other men that we read in the Bible that were upright men. Their seed is blessed. The generation of the upright is blessed. He said, wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. That is, 
eternal life, which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. We understand that. That righteousness endureth forever. A man that is righteous in Christ will never cease from being righteous because he's had a fear of the Lord. He's believed that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. This is not a temporal thing. When it talks about wealth and riches are in his house, Oh, my friend, if we just look at greenbacks and the $100 bills and bank accounts and 401ks, we're so simple of mind. He's speaking of so much more than that. The wealth of knowledge of Jesus Christ, the wealth of knowledge of the scripture. And to have that, to have the riches, the unsearchable riches of Christ, those are the things that matter in our life. Those are the things that we ought to obtain. Those are the things we ought to be seeking. And the righteous man will have those in his home. Under the upright, verse 4, there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A little note here in Psalm 97, we read this just the other week, but in verse 11, he said this, He that love the Lord hate evil. He preserveth the soul of his saints. He delivereth them out of the hand of the wicked. Light is sown for the righteous and gladness for the upright in heart. So there's that upright man again. There's the righteousness that's been sown with light. For he said, under the upright, there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. And then he tells us who these good men are. I know this people say, well, there's none that doeth good. Well, the word of God told us there are good men. And therefore, the word of God does not contradict himself. The natural man in his natural state is not good. There is none that doeth good. But in Jesus Christ, we can do good. He said in verse 25 of Psalm 37, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and lendeth, that's the righteous man, and his seed is blessed. So we see again in Psalm 112, a good man showeth favor and lendeth. Why? Because a righteous man is a good man. He will guide his affairs with discretion. He's judging righteously. He's living righteously. That light has been sown in his life. Therefore, his affairs are guided with discretion. He doesn't live like a fool. He doesn't make decisions like a fool. He doesn't act like a fool. Why? He walks in the light. And when you walk in the light, the light reveals folly, reveals error. The commandments of the Lord will keep you from error. Yes, you'll make mistakes in life. We all are going to make mistakes in life. But you will continue in those mistakes. The light will reveal that folly. And as you grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, you'll quit making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Again, the, the terminal definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again with the same results. I deal with people in ministry that are clinically insane. They live normal lives. They live lives and they work and they have a family and they have a home and a job and a car. And, and some of them even have wealth. But they do the same things over and over and over with the same bad result, the same error, the same folly. Clinically, according to psychiatrists, they're insane. But the Word of God, it speaks about them, that not as a good man, but as an unrighteous man, a wayward man, a slothful man, a wicked man. His ways are not God's ways. He said that in verse 5, a good man showeth favor and lendeth, he will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. And that's one of the great statements that's made. His heart is fixed. Oh, that our heart would be fixed. Oh, that we would believe God 
that we would trust God. And you know, a friend, Brother Dale Moore, he's been on this podcast many times, preached a message many years ago, a great message. He said, you can't trust someone that you don't believe in. And the reason that men cannot trust God is they don't believe God. And how true that is, we see men that cannot trust the holiness of God. They cannot trust God to guide their affairs. They cannot trust God to lead their paths. They cannot trust God. They cannot trust the hand of God because they really don't believe God. But if we believe God, we can trust him. And so he speaks of that righteous man. He speaks of that good man. He speaks of that one that does good. He said his heart is established. What a great statement. His heart is established. Why? In verse 7, he told us his heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. What's this with being fixed? Fixed is an attachment. Fixed is to be attached. Fixed is to be locked down. Established is to begin a foundation. And that foundation, therefore, according to the word of God, is fixed. If you are established in Christ, you're fixed. If your heart is fixed, it's established. Why? It's been grounded. It's been bolted on, if you will. Then God can establish your life. He can establish your heart. That's why at the moment of salvation, you're sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Then you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because he fixes your heart first, then he establishes your heart. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. What a joy it is to be fixed in Christ to be fixed in my heart to Jesus Christ. Then that God would establish my heart. That means give it a foundation. Begin a process of walking with him, of changing that vile heart, crucifying the flesh and the lust and the affections thereof, and begin to grow in Jesus Christ. What a privilege it is to know him. He said the righteous are like that man. Why? Because they're righteous in Christ. It's not in us, it's in him. And then that good man, he God guides his affairs, he lendeth, he has a generous heart about him. Why? Because his heart's fixed in Christ. Therefore, he gives to all men liberally, just as Jesus Christ did, and abradeth not. He said in verse 9, he hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. And I know that's a foreign language to most today, but the poor you have with you always. You realize there are people that are poor because they can't help being poor. I know that we're to take care of the widows, the fatherless, and I've met many widows today that have far more wealth than I do, but it doesn't negate my obligation to help them. doesn't negate my obligation to be a blessing to them. doesn't negate my obligation to visit them and the fatherless in their affliction. It doesn't negate that. You see, there's some things that we cannot see. There's those that are poor in spirit. They need that visitation. Then there's those that are poor financially. They need that visitation. The poor in spirit, oh my goodness, do they need uplifted? Do they need strength? Do they need someone to come and to lift them up and to exhort them? He said, he hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. It doesn't say money. He hath given to the poor. He's considered the poor. That righteous man has considered those impoverished, even those poor in spirit. Everything he's going to do for this point in his life is to help the poor. And again, we look at that through the eyes of man and we say, oh, well, they just don't have the flocks like Abraham. They don't have thousands of sheep like Abraham. Oh, but you know, there are those that have millions of dollars that are poor. They don't have the riches. They're just impoverished and they can't see that. All oh, that we would see that to men and try to help them in their poorness, try to help them in their poverty. He goes on, he says, his righteousness endureth forever. 
His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. Now, I, of course, don't believe in lifestyle evangelists, but I do believe in a lifestyle of evangelism. I believe your life ought to be with a wicked seed. I believe you ought to be heaping hot coals upon their head, giving that cold cup of water in the name of Jesus Christ. I believe it ought to just be natural to do those things, not intentionally, not gouging someone, not deliberately trying to hurt them, but they would see the righteousness of God in us and melt away at his presence. All that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Join us again tomorrow as we begin to look at Psalm 113. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.